Welcome back to another episode of Authentic Influence. I'm your host, Adam Connor, and for the first time in this podcast, I am bringing you a live conversation from Purchase New York, MasterCard HQ, home of Raja Rajamanar, the Chief Marketing and Communications Officer and President of the Healthcare Business for MasterCard. We cover a number of great topics today, such as MasterCard's transition from storytelling to story making, being purpose-driven, and much, much more in between. I can't wait to have you listen in to this episode, and I can't wait to hear your feedback afterwards. But for now, let's roll the interview. This is from MasterCard HQ, Raja Raja Manar. Okay, I am so happy to be here live from Purchase New York at MasterCard headquarters to be speaking with Raja Raja Manar, the Chief Marketing and Communications Officer, President of the Healthcare Business. Raja, how are you doing this morning? Wonderful. Thank you very much. Really being, uh, uh, you know, feeling good being on this uh, with you, particularly because you're a MasterCard alumni. That makes it very special. Yeah, it's great to have seen a lot of the things we'll be talking about today firsthand and to know that afterwards, even being an alumni, I can still connect with folks like you is wonderful. Uh, We'd love to jump into a number of great topics here, transitions from storytelling to story making, being values and purpose driven, even things recently like sonic branding, which I'd love to chat about. But let's level set first with uh, your broad journey to this point. Over the past five years, Priceless has come back to the forefront as a pervasive brand image, and I'm sure that you're no stranger to that. We'd love to know how that journey has been going. What have been some of the driving forces for that in the past five years? So Priceless has always been a phenomenal asset for MasterCard. And when it was created more than 20 years back, uh, it was a little, I would say, uh, contrarian in its approach. Right, because we are a technology that enables payments, you would expect MasterCard to promote payments and promote people to spend money. Priceless was the platform which said it's not about money. There are things which are more important in life, and those things cannot be bought with money. Of course, for everything else, there is MasterCard. That was a brilliant breakthrough for the company. And the campaign has been running very successfully ever since. And uh, about six years back, when I joined MasterCard, one of the first things that it was to say that, look, this campaign has been created about uh, you know 1997. This is before the era of social media, before digital tsunami that is out there. And in that situation, is it still relevant? Or does it need evolution? And I said, it has to evolve. It cannot just remain static. It was all about observing priceless moments in people's lives and celebrating it but we could do a lot more as a company. So what we said is priceless, firstly, from being an advertising platform, we will broaden it to be a much broader, holistic marketing platform, which means priceless will be infused into all the four Ps of marketing. So that was a big uh, moment for us. Number two, what we also said is that uh, it's getting more and more difficult for advertisements to cut through the clutter I have seen stats which said anywhere between 3,000 and 10,000 commercial messages are thrown at an average consumer every single day. That's tremendous amount of information overload and consumers have learned either to completely switch off, tune off, or to shut the marketers down by things like ad blocks or going to paid media, which are ad-free environment, et cetera. So we said from an advertising perspective, therefore we need to rethink our strategy and Using priceless, how can we do that? So we started about this whole concept of story making instead of storytelling. 
And the story making is all about curating and creating experiences that money cannot buy. And those are priceless experiences. They can be once in a lifetime kind of an experience or an experience that brings a smile to your face. And with that, we launched four platforms called Priceless Cities, Priceless Surprises, Priceless Causes, and Priceless Specials. And these four is all that we said we will focus on and nothing else. So we used to have about 168 different platforms before then, shut them all down, and just focused our efforts behind these four platforms. And that has given a tremendous amount of focus and momentum for our brand. And the results are very evident. So for example, if you look at something like a Brand Z, uh, from a ranking which we were at 89, now we are 15. So that's a significant movement in the right direction. In the US, Brand Z ranks us as at number 10. So there is positive momentum. And if you look at uh, studies like the Brand Asset Valuator, uh, MasterCard brand is uh, sort of growing in strength uh, almost four times as fast as another competitor of ours, you know, a big competitor of ours. And uh, so that, that really feels, you know, makes me feel very good that we are on the right track, we're getting the right momentum and uh, we are doing something very right. So this has been the priceless journey so far in last year. Uh, to take it to the next level, we launched something called Start Something Priceless. So the transition is from priceless moments to priceless movements. So what we said is that we should actually be a platform that will inspire, encourage, and enable people to start something priceless. Uh, so last year, for example, uh, uh, one of the team members uh, in the company, uh, she started a whole mo movement uh, called Salsa, S-A-L-S-A. -S -S it's all about ALS, bringing awareness and raising funds for ALS. And it's like the ice bucket challenge, uh, And but this is focused on ALS. And she has been able to raise more than $200,000 already, which is very impressive. So when a concept is actually embraced and practiced by your own employees, you know, that is the concept that works very well. So start something priceless is something which I feel very good about. And that's what is the next uh, evolution that we launched last year uh, in our priceless journey. It has been really exciting to see, again, seeing some of that firsthand, even as I sat in the lobby this morning, seeing those sorts of things all over the walls. And uh, it has certainly become pervasive and it continues to be very exciting to see. I want to jump uh, very briefly into a few tactics related to the brand itself. Recently this year, two things, which uh, we all noticed. The first, MasterCard removing its name from the brand identity. And secondly, and more recently, the introduction of a Sonic brand. Would love to hear your thoughts on both uh, what inspired them and what you uh, perceive to be the benefits going forward of both. MasterCard logo is universally recognized, right? The red and yellow circles and the name MasterCard. And this logo, uh, five years back again, or six years back when we started looking at it, uh, what we felt that was we were very fortunate to inherit a logo of that sort uh, because of the high recognition and the consistency with which the company has invested behind for the last almost 40 plus years, 40, 45 years. And our thought was, is it contemporary? Is it something which is future proof? Does it connote the values and aspirations of the company and of the brand into the future? Does it appeal to the right audiences, particularly, for example, the millennials and the centennials? What we found was that at that time, the brand was seen to be, it's while ubiquitous in its recognition, it was seen to be a little dated. 
and it was also seen to be more uh, mass market, uh, which in itself is not bad. Uh, but the key thing is when you're trying to appeal to everyone all the way from the ultra rich to the ultra poor and everyone, you need to have that universal appeal across all the segments. So we said, how do we do it? <clears throat> we didn't want to sacrifice the two circles. We didn't want to sacrifice the red and yellow color. And we didn't want to sacrifice the name MasterCard. And these are the only three elements that are there in our logo. And I told the agency, we need to really improve our logo from here on. They said, you're not giving me giving us any choice. I said, that's a big challenge. So they went away and it took us an enormous amount of time and effort to really keep on thinking of how we can uh, make our logo stand out and be more, more future looking and forward looking. So uh, I'm very happy that in 2016, we have been able to launch our new logo, which had a slight variation of our red, a slight variation of the yellow. And the, the, the entire logo, the word mark has been written in a font, which was much more contemporary, simple. We took away the capital letters to make it more informal. And we brought MasterCard from out of the logo to below the logo, or below these two circles. It resonated extremely well. And uh, what we said is that if this establishes well over a period of one or two years or maybe three years, Maybe we can even be bold enough to think of dropping our name altogether from the logo down the line. Now, that was a bold kind of a move uh, if, it were, if it were to happen. So we started monitoring it very closely around the world. So firstly, that relaunch had really been received extremely well around the world. They felt it was more stylistic. It was more aesthetically superior. It was uh, connoting a technology brand. And uh, it was looking more uh, you know, youthful and aspirational in its appeal. All the right attributes, so we are spot on as far as our delivery to our strategy is concerned. So at the beginning of this year, we said, let's make that big, bold move where we take our name away from the brand, from the logo. Now, that's a huge one uh, for us. And of course, you know, I had to convince my CEO, I had to convince our board of directors to make sure that this is something which they all support as well. Sure. And. Uh, the reason why I did, I would say, is predominantly twofold. So first is, if you look at the digital environment today, the screen sizes are getting smaller and smaller and smaller. So for example, if you look at a watch with which you're making payments, the real estate available is too small. And when you are making your purchases from this device, there are the purchase, the buy button or the pay button has got four or five brands, including MasterCard and its competitors out there. In that size, the logo looks so tiny the word MasterCard is hardly readable. So if I take away the name MasterCard and use that space instead to expand my logo a little bit bigger, it stands out. The effect, the visual effect is disproportionately large for the incremental size. And we said this is something which is really going to be helpful because the future is all digital and the devices are getting smaller and we are competing for real estate and attention of consumers. So that's something which we said we have to actually embark on. Second, the good news for us was that more than 80% of the people around the world recognize MasterCard logo as belonging to MasterCard, even without the name MasterCard written there. That gave us a huge boost of confidence to say, yes, we can go ahead and do this. And that's exactly what we have done. And the response has been terrific. Now we join a handful of iconic brands which only use their symbol without the name and yet recognized. And uh, so I feel very, very nice about that, very positive about that. Uh, even while we were working on this logo, we started think thinking about, uh, and this was two years back, the world is yet again changing. 
voice environment is becoming big. We saw the onset of smart speakers. Uh, then there were uh, the resurgence of radio. There are the internet of things. There are wearables. All these do not have a visual real estate. So we needed to see if there is no visual real estate, all the great optimization I have done of my visual logo is going to be pointless. So I need to find a different manifestation of my brand. And that we said is a sonic identity. And so we worked over the last two years with uh, a number of musicians, musicologists, music composers, and music houses, production houses, and so on. And the approach uh, is what we call a sonic architecture. To my mind, and based on what I have seen and researched, probably this is the most comprehensive brand architecture in the sonic world of any brand that any brand has attempted to do. And uh, we did that thorough effort. So it all starts with a 30-second melody. This melody has to be neutral because you don't want it to be taking over a situation. It has to be supporting and accentuating a situation. Uh, it has to be pleasant because you'll be hearing it thousands of times and you should not be turned off. Number three, it has to be memorable. That's when the association happens between that sound and our brand. It has to be hummable. Why should it be hummable? The more hummable it is, people relate to it better and it sticks in your mind much deeper. And most importantly, it has to be versatile, which means whether I play the melody in Dubai or in Shanghai or in Bogota, anywhere in the world, they should feel this is native to them. And also because MasterCard uh, works across nine different passion points, it has to be very, very adaptable to different genres and situations. So for example, if I'm playing that sonic melody in the context of a UFR Champions League, which is a very, very noisy, high energy soccer game, versus it is in Carnegie Hall at an opera, it has to transcend across all the genres and situations. Now, this was the brief that I gave to the agency and the agency guys, again, they said, look, <laughs> is this even real? <laughs> exactly. Is it really even real? Right? So we went ahead and created that eventually. So this 30 second melody is a uh, 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 very simple, neutral, positive, pleasant, uh, uh, all the good attributes that we have, have described. And uh, this will feature in all our ads. It will feature in all the touch points of MasterCard, like when you call a MasterCard office, this will be the music on hold. We have created ringtones using our melody where people can download, and it doesn't feel like a corporate anthem. It feels like a regular song, so to speak. Uh, and to be uh, really relevant to different contexts and geographies, we created 20 different versions of this melody. 20 different renditions, all the way from operatic to cinematic to uh, sports to electronic dance music to you know, everything and across different geographies. Because even in a given genre, there are lots of differences between one region and one culture and another region and another culture. So you have to be very, very native and local. So we are working with a lot of local musicians to be able to create versions of our melody. Now, a short subset of this melody of 30 seconds, this is only three seconds long. Uh, we call it the sonic signature or MOGO, MOGO standing for musical logo. This is what all our ads will end with. And uh, so this, but when you listen to that MOGO of three seconds, it evokes completely the connection to the 30 second melody. Then we have come to the next level down, which is acceptance sound. So because at the end of the day, we enable payment transactions and the transaction goes through successfully at a point of sale, 
either in a physical store or in a digital environment you hear a confirmation sound or an acceptance sort of 1.3 seconds and that uh, again is exactly a subset of that 3 seconds so when you listen to this it evokes uh, the memory of the 30 second melody so there is a consistency in each one keeps building up on the other the 1.3 second builds the 3 second builds the 30 second and we launched it and uh, the versatility of this is something what i'm excited about for example if you look at our uh, mogo or the sonic signature depending on the ad we have a different version of our uh, sonic signature it's exactly the same but rendered very differently same thing with acceptance sound so if you are for example shopping in tiffany's you should be getting a different acceptance sound than were you to be shopping at gamestop which are totally different in their nature and of course it's a long journey and i would expect it'll take probably 3 to 5 years before this whole thing becomes ubiquitous so we are here for the long haul it's a very exciting thing to see that too and i had heard plenty about specifically the ringtones actually coming in to hear plenty of my uh, fellow mastercard uh, alumni and colleagues talking about that so it's very exciting to see where that will go in the next 3 to 5 years let's talk about just for a moment this evolution to story making because i know that that includes developing innovative enriching experiences for everyday individuals and having seen that personally having seen that in mass media over the past uh, year and beyond i'm curious how here at mastercard you are working each day to put these things innovation human connection technology at the forefront of the experience driven efforts right see it all begins with the recognition and realization that people are saying clearly and expressing that the mat- experiences matter more to them than things so we are putting everything behind these experiences how do we create and curate experiences that people truly like that and it will make priceless memories in people's lives in order to do this actually if you look at creating experiences it's not an easy exercise because the fulfillment quality has to be terrific the experiences have to be scalable because we serve 1.8 billion consumers around the world so you need experiences at scale and also equally importantly they have to be economical so experiences can be very expensive and we have to make sure that it's economical and viable on a sustainable basis and so uh we started looking at which are the areas we have to create experiences in and how do we do it in a very innovative way and we said we have to create experiences in areas that people truly are passionate about which we call it passion points for and we categorized nine different passion points like music sports culinary shopping travel environment uh, philanthropy arts and culture cinemas so we got nine in total and in each one of these experience in, in each one of these passion points we started curating these experiences partnering so partnerships are very very critical you cannot create everything yourselves so we started striking significant sp- partnerships and sponsorships and today we have really got a rich repertoire of these sponsorship assets and partnership assets across these nine passion points that we have like for example if you look at uh, sports sports is just not one uh, thing sports is actually got so many types of sports so for example golf we are one of the very large sponsors then we got baseball we are the largest sponsors of baseball then we are into soccer we sponsor uefa champions league we got number of brand ambassadors so met- methodically and meticulously we started taking every single area that matters to people in the area of sports 
and then started to see how we can build uh, an asset and how can we convert that asset into a series of experiences for our consumers in a very thoughtful, programmatic kind of a way. Uh, and uh, uh, the other thing is also you cannot come up by yourself by all the ideas uh, and for all, all the ideas by yourself. So we engage uh, our employees, we engage our agencies, we have even people suggesting to us through literally social media saying, how about this kind of an experience? And we respond to them and we try and see where there is a good idea. And if there is a good idea, we have to go ahead and do it. Particularly for some of those experiences uh, on the platform called Priceless Surprises, you want to surprise and delight the consumer. Uh, and if the surprise is predictable, it's no longer a surprise. So you always have to be one step ahead of the consumer's expectation. And that's a huge challenge and an opportunity for us to differentiate ourselves. And that's where we really pull in a ton of people from around different walks of life to help us think through and come up with newer and newer surprises. And so far it's been going pretty strong and I feel good about it. Yeah, what have been some of your favorites? One of my favorites, I would say, the very first uh, priceless surprise that we launched. Uh, this was, I believe, in 2014 uh, at the, on the night of Grammy Awards with Justin Timberlake, where the surprise, the biggest surprise was that Justin Timberlake will come to your home and spend a day with you. Wow. And he actually went, uh, uh, you know, to a person's house and uh, she did not know that Justin Timberlake was coming to her home. And when we captured the whole expression, when he gets in, to the, uh, you know, he knocks the door and then he says, hi, I'm Justin. And she's sort of stunned beyond belief. And then after that, he spends time with her, teaching her, giving her some tips on singing because she herself is a singer. A beautiful thing to watch. And, uh, you know, uh, that that's one of my favorites probably because that's what has kicked off our entire platform. I'm particularly biased to it, but it's a beautiful, beautiful, priceless surprise. Sure, it was a lot of music fans' lifelong dream back when NSYNC was happening, even today, to have your favorite musician in, in, I mean, in your house, at your door. I mean, it's, it's, that's an amazing experience that I'm sure anybody would love. And uh, I can understand why that'd be one of your favorites is very memorable. Yeah. And, and we worked with a number of uh, world-class artists uh, in the process. You know, for example, we worked with, uh, we had priceless surprises with Pharrell Williams, with Asha, with Gwen Stefani, with Kylie Minogue. And now we have got, uh, now most recently with uh, Camila Cabello. Uh, so these priceless surprises are truly priceless, both for the person who is actually being surprised and those people who watch that person being surprised. You know, it, it's just like a real viral effect that you get out here, the network effect. And uh, the impact is much, much uh, you know, larger than what you would otherwise expect for a typical advertising campaign. Sure, I'm sure. And uh, let's talk briefly about that in terms of, of amplifying that individual experience broadly, because on a single person level, obviously, that is life changing, that priceless experience. How do you leverage and amplify these individual experiences broadly to enhance this, this authenticity and this influence that you have in the community and the market? So first and foremost, what we do is we uh, videotape the whole priceless surprise. And we capture the expressions of the people. We capture the whole drama in a very interesting way. And of course, based on permissions of the artist as well as of the consumer. Uh, and then we put it out of the social media. 
and of course we put paid uh, as well as earned in the whole thing and uh, the individual concerned himself or herself would also sort of put it to their network uh, and what we see is that it catches on pretty quickly and it get gains a scale uh, which is sort of uh, comparable in economics uh, to a regular advertising campaign uh, but the impact is far superior and this we have been doing it consistently the initial few times it was test and learn and refine our approach which we constantly used to do and uh, now it's sort of uh, moving very seamlessly and smoothly and almost on autopilot uh, and uh, so this is but now one of the mainstay platforms as i said we have four platforms and priceless surprises is one of our uh, best platforms and uh, some of the studies have shown that this is what is differentiating mastercard brand uh, in terms of energy excitement and innovation certainly exciting uh, energetic and love to to see those amplified out broadly it's been great to see them i have a question about values broadly beyond these stories themselves how has mastercard invested further into becoming specifically purpose driven and i guess beyond that how do you weave that consistently through the brand today this is probably the most important aspect that you have touched upon i would say because everything else is secondary to this uh the great thing about mastercard and which inspired me to join mastercard was that this is a company which just doesn't talk the cute polyannish corporate talk but it actually walks the walk or walks the talk so the ceo of the company for example ajay banga he always talks about in a sincere way uh that we should be doing well by doing good and he wants to see it in action he says we need to all be decent folks uh and uh, we call it here as a decency quotient uh and these core values in terms of that we have a uh, responsibility for the communities and for the society that we live in uh that we have to be decent human beings and be generally positive and very good in uh these things that truly matter and they set the tone and pace for everything else uh and you know, in terms of things like integrity in terms of things like uh uh the you know the collaborative efforts in terms of these these are some of the human values that we would really like to embody out here and that's what the brand has to reflect uh and on the other hand uh we also talk about some of the attributes uh, uh from a brand perspective uh that we should be uh inclusive in our approach so whether it is uh diversity at one level and i'll just talk about diversity in a minute mm-hmm. uh are also in terms of the various people that you want to include so for example if you look at the lower end of the socio economic strata there are more than a billion people who are i believe the number is more than billion probably it's closer to 2 billion who are not, who are excluded from the financial system and when they require any financial help they are the ones who are most exploited by the unorganized sector so we believe in this concept of inclusive growth as as one concept and we have several pilots happening around the world and several efforts and initiatives to bring these people into the fold of the financial system so that they have access like anybody else and everybody else uh, without being disadvantaged for example on one on the one hand when you look at acceptance and diversity this is something which we really pride ourselves in now if you look at for example uh, you know i myself as the head of marketing i'm not your typical uh, template person 
right and uh, right from my uh, ethnic background to how i think and what i do what my background is etc it's very very different than what many other people probably have i have spent more than half of my career managing pnls and businesses i was a chairman and ceo of diners club north america for example so it's a little i would say unorthodox and if you look at my ceo again he's a sikh he's a very proud sikh and then he absolutely is you know identifies uh, he shows his identity the way he is and it's because every one of us is entitled uh, to choose who we are and to present how we are how we want to uh, gender diversity is one more thing for example you know if you look at the entire uh, purchase decisions that are made in the consumer world uh, more than 80% of all the decisions purchase decisions are made by women So the question is why would that ratio then not reflect in our organizations should it not reflect so if you look at marketing for example almost 3/4 of my entire team is women and these are not people at the lower these are not women at the lower end of the spectrum of the organization but right up to my direct reports level so throughout the organization you have got almost 3/4 of the people uh, on my team they are women they understand women better than men can and therefore they bring that richness of insight and that sensitivity and the sensibilities uh, which help us really to create compelling uh, campaigns to engage our consumers very effectively so it makes very good business sense as well it's not just for political correctness right and so we embrace those values so diversity is a huge thing for us and uh, you know uh, and likewise we say that uh, uh, integrity Uh, any breach of integrity we do not just tolerate we have zero tolerance for that uh and we invest in learning uh and uh, uh development of our people so there are multiple areas and the brand tries to represent and embody these values these values uh as it comes through and m- many of our campaigns actually reflect it for example the last two campaigns i'll give you as an example so when we had the kamela kabeyo ad that we had released with grammy awards uh ana the association of national advertisers they do a something called the gem score gender equality measure score uh and it rated at 108 uh which is a very good score it's in the top quartile and after that we have released our ads with uh, uh for the arnold palmer invitational now they are they have been rated at 119 and that makes it you know much much uh higher up the chain of uh, you know the ads that are out there uh that are really and appropriately depicting women the right way uh and so this is an area of focus that we have got and we also choose media which are more accessible to or more viewed by women as opposed to putting all our money behind sports like few years back uh bulk of our money was in sports which are pursued by men but then we have when we did this passion point analysis we found that look there are passion points that have, have to be diversified so for example we have got cinemas now cinemas there is an overweightage of women who watch them and we said that's a passion point so we have to be there so from being zero in cinemas today we sponsor six major film festivals around the world uh we have some phenomenal brand ambassadors in the world of films uh and so when we see that there's an opportunity we sort of try to tweak few years back we didn't have any female brand ambassadors today we have many we have anika sorenstrom for example we got langping and we have got a whole series of 
female brand ambassadors or women brand ambassadors across multiple sports, across multiple genres that we have. Uh, and uh, feel very excited. Like Camila Cabello uh, in the world of music, she's our brand ambassador. And she's like a powerhouse of talent at a, a ripe young age, I would say, of 21 years. 21 years. But she is such a powerhouse of talent. And I always keep saying, I wish I had a daughter like her. <laughs> and she's so phenomenal. And, and and she's an inspi- inspiration and a role model for many of uh, young girls around the world. So we're very consciously trying to see how we can gender balance and how we can focus on uh, things that truly matter or how we look at LGBT. So we have been a long-standing partner of the Pride uh, in our parade in uh, New York, for example. And uh, so we get involved in those kind of areas. And uh, so we, we invest time, effort and money you know, in each of these areas very sincerely and with uh, heart and soul in it. Seeing that purpose come through in all walks of life, in all spaces, across all the passion points has been excellent to see as well. And it's great to see that MasterCard has embodied all of these. And you at the helm of that is especially important But I do have a question now about a recent expansion in your purview of leadership with the presidency of the World Federation of Advertisers. Now that, which will, uh, you'll have a term for a few years, what are some of the the key topics and qualities that you plan to emphasize there to help everybody either do better by doing good or other things that you're focused on? Yeah, so the first thing is, for me, firstly, I feel really honored that my peers have elected me to be the president of the World Federation of Advertisers. Uh, it's a two-year term that I'll be serving uh, with an option to extend by two more years, uh, and we'll see how it goes. Uh, my, I'm very excited because this is a very, very significant platform. It's a global platform. And the members on of WFA collectively spend close to $900 billion every single year around the world. That's a humongous amount of money collectively. And that kind of a money, when it is invested the right way, can actually shape the cultures in the societies, right? And that's a huge opportunity. Now, as much as it's a power that the marketing community has got, it comes with the responsibility to do the right thing for the society. So my objective, uh, as far as WFA is concerned, are uh, multifold. So first and foremost, uh, we want to make sure that marketers actually make this a better society uh, and they invest responsibly uh, to bring about a positive change in the society, number one. Second, we want to make web as a safe place. We want to work uh, together with the various social media companies and bring our influence on them because at the end of the day, most of the social media companies, if not all, uh, are fully funded by the advertising dollars that the marketers spend. So we do have influence on them and we would want them to be held accountable uh, to make sure that they have the right technologies, right controls in place so that the digital uh, space is a safe space for people uh, at, uh, around the world. So that's true. Uh, the third thing, we want to help the marketing community do better marketing, which means to be able to give them uh, better tools and techniques, uh, better uh, platforms from which uh, they can really be more effective in doing their job even better. Uh, like, for example, if we are doing certain kinds of uh, metrics on the media side, instead of each company trying to figure out and do it on their own, collectively, WFA can 
create those kind of methodologies and disseminate it to the entire community it's a not for profit organization right so and and uh, it it serves the membership and this is one way it would for example so we want to make better marketers and help marketers do better marketing personally for me and i'm definitely going to leverage the uh, wfa platform is to focus on talent the kind of talent that is required in marketing today is completely different than the kind of talent that you required say 10 years back 10 years back if you are very good at marketing that's good enough today it is not good enough you have to be very good at marketing plus you have to be very good at data plus you have to be very good at digital you have to be very good at technology because technology enables marketing in an unprecedented fashion as does data and if you don't know technology you get completely obsolete very quickly right whether it is artificial intelligence or you're talking about augmented reality virtual reality 5g the uh, and smart speakers they're coming out of the woodworks and the technology is evolving so fast marketers have to be on top of it plus most importantly marketers need to understand the business and the business financials how does the business that they are supporting or working for make money what are the drivers of revenues and profits and then be able to connect credibly the dots between the marketing kpis and the business outcomes and unless they do this they will not earn the credibility and trust of the ceos and no wonder there is a little bit of an existential crisis out there for marketing because in many cases or in some cases uh, some of the top marketing companies have done away with the role of a cmo they replaced it with chief growth officer or chief revenue officer or chief customer officer and they are not from marketing background so that really worries me a lot plus the best of the students today don't get into marketing like they used to in my time so 30 years back when i had graduated at that point in time the best students in an emba school for example would queue up to go into marketing today that's not the case today the best of the students who have got this kind of a general management approach uh, and the learning agility they want to go to silicon valley or they want to join uh, a consulting firm or whatever they don't want to come and work for a company like mastercard or or any other classical uh, marketing company for that matter so we need to re-inspire uh, the kids or the students in these various colleges and make marketing again uh, a field of high stature and high gravitas and that's that will be one of my mission uh, points when i'm there at uh, wfa i i had been reading a, a number of of articles and and viewpoints of yours about talent curation growth management that sort of thing it is surprising to hear that folks uh, who are in business school today are are not focusing as much specifically on a marketing effort but it is clear to see that it is very much still important and of course here at mastercard it would seem the role of cmo is here to stay thanks to you and thanks to everything that's been going on here uh, over the past few years in terms of the brand image in terms of creating story making in terms of being purpose driven as we have i think one or two more minutes here would love to get your thoughts on just a simple piece of advice based on what you've learned maybe in this uh, in your entire career for somebody who maybe is at a company without a cmo somebody trying to make their way just simply becoming more authentic in their messaging where does somebody start with that the starting point is for them to be first putting on the hat of a consumer they are a consumer first before they are a marketer and and ask the question is this how i would like to be marketed to is this how my privacy would be treated is this how i will be bombarded with ads is it how 
the practices will be from a marketing perspective? Is it the kind of transparency that I want? Once you ask those questions as a consumer, then put on your marketing hat. I think it will become very easy. Well, Raja, thank you so much for spending time with me today. It's been great to hear your perspective and very excited to see what MasterCard has coming this year and in the future. Thank you very much. Much appreciate. Thank you so much to Raja Rajamanar for joining us on the podcast today. Really loved our conversation together. Plenty of great things that MasterCard is doing, and I can't wait to see what is coming up in the future. If you enjoyed today's episode as well, feel free to reach out in any number of ways. Leave a rating and review on iTunes or wherever you listen. You can connect with me on LinkedIn and let me know what would you like to hear more of? Who would you like to hear on the show? And I'll do my best to deliver. As per usual, I'll be back again in two weeks with another fantastic story about how a top marketer is becoming more authentic in their storytelling, strategy, and messaging. But for now, and for Authentic Influence, I've been your host, Adam Connor, and you'll hear from me again next time.